Hello, listeners new and old. Welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is episode 81, and there will be spoilers this episode. If you want to leave feedback, you can email the show at the Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com. The website, bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate, always has room for comments. If you want to tweet, Teal Productions will get it to me. And Lords of Order has Facebook and Google Plus pages where the episodes are posted. And, of course, those accept comments as well. Today, Dr. Fate, the current volume, the 2015 volume, I believe the penultimate issue, issue 17. I believe that 18 is the last issue. Um, If I am incorrect, please forgive me. Uh, but I believe that's what I've, I've noticed. I, I don't know that I've seen an official announcement. Uh, it may have been out there, and I just missed it. This is cover dated December 2016. came out uh, last week or the week before, as I record. Storytellers are Paul Levitz and Brendan McCarthy. Colorist is Mark Harrison, letterer Seda Temofante. And the story... Uh, or this chapter of this story, is entitled Fateful Threads. Now, the cover, uh, it's an interesting cover. It's a, um, I guess the best way to describe it is a prismatic miasma with Dr. Fate right in the middle, completely surrounded by a single color, almost like he's got a uh, an energy shield around him and amongst all this other stuff. And the cover actually does... Uh, have a bearing on what occurs in the story, which is always good in today's covers. Uh, We open the story in New York outside Freedom Tower Plaza, where we have uh, Khalid and his um, acquaintance, uh, it's not his girlfriend, his acquaintance, Akila. He is there in support of her. She is there protesting some... Uh, who knows uh, what she's protesting today. Uh, He asks her, how long are we going to keep this up? Basically, I paraphrase. And her response is, until the world's a better place or sunset. And he says, uh, so you think you can make the world better by sunset? Great. And her response, as would be this type of personality in my estimation, uh, someone has to. Why not us? Uh, Okay, there is some validity in that. Uh, There is some, uh, a a tad of WTF in that as well, in my estimation, but he has chosen to support her, so there he is. Now, as he's, they're marching around in a circle, around the Freedom, what is it, Freedom Tower? Correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Freedom Tower one of the structures that has gone up uh, where the Twin Towers used to be in New York? Isn't that one of the newer structures, I think? Again, I apologize for not doing that kind of research, but I, I don't necessarily plan these out extensively before I sit down, so a lot of times thoughts will occur to me that I haven't had time, uh, that didn't occur to me before. But So I prepare, and it may seem like I'm unprepared, but it's just that I try to be as uh, off the cuff when I record these as I can so that it doesn't get repetitive for me or... Um, uh, what do they call it? Reality TV. You know how it's. There's always that portion of it that's scripted, even though it's called reality TV. Yeah, I, I try not to do that with most of my shows. But Khalid is noticing there's a fountain 
and a, a pool. And I can't tell if this surrounds the tower or if this is extraneous to the tower somewhere else. Looks like maybe it's it's outside the tower and that as they're circling the tower, they pass this uh, artificial body of water. And he's noticing that the water is starting to move and churn. And then out of this water, tendrils are um, extending energy tendrils, uh, but they are of a, a vaporous, smoky nature. So they're very undulating. Uh, in my mind, if I actually saw them, I would see them as, you know, undulating as they as they rise. Different colored. Um, some colors repeat, but I, I get the impression that each one is supposed to be its own hue, uh, separating it from all others. He also notices that there's a smell attributed uh, to the appearance of these, a smell that did not occur before. So as they've been walking, uh, these tendrils have appeared as opposed to a, a, a time point in time when they were not there. And now there is a smell that was not there that has occurred since he has been seeing these tendrils. So he associates the two. At some point, um, it's not really clear... I don't know if the tendrils have risen out of the water and have connected to the people um, protesting or if the people protesting have started to emit their own tendrils. I I can't really tell. But at this point, every person in the the crowd has a tendril emanating from the top of their head. Again, different colors, undulating up, just up indefinitely. And Khalid notices that Akilah has one as well. And he notes to himself, or actually, this is a speech bowl, so he says out loud, but probably not very loudly so anyone can really hear. Is that the smell of death? Is she going to die? In reference to the one that he has now noticed uh, emanating from Aquila. And the Nabu uh, aspect of the Helmet of Thoth replies, Mortals are fated to die, Khalid. Anubis wants for you all um and and the the picture is really cool to panel because it's it's a half-faced khalid on one side and the helmet of thoth on the other you know over the same position in the head opposite sides but he's not wearing the helmet yet so the helmet is in his backpack which is where he keeps it uh, or the helm sorry and uh, it is speaking to him uh psionically telepathically subconsciously How, however they are linked when he doesn't have the helmet on, which may may truly be the first time I've noticed that happen. Maybe it's happened in other issues. I, I don't recall, but it's it doesn't happen very often. I'll say that that he gets some sort of answer without having the helmet on. So he reaches in. He says, "No, don't think so." Puts the helm on. Uh, changes into you know what aspects of Doctor Fate he has, which aren't, of course, as we've noticed, tremendous. Uh, there's not a big uniform that he takes on or anything like that he uh flies over grabs the 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 tendril um that is attached to aquila and in attempting to break it it looks like he dislodges it from her head and when he does so the tendril seemingly retracts towards the sky so it's like uh it's connected to something up there somewhere attached to the end of aquila and perhaps it was being held in place by Aquila, but when fate 
rips this end free, it it retracts back towards its source. And so he holds on as it, it whips him up and he disappears in this big uh, prismatic kind of explosion. Still clutching it, he's being pulled through yet a, uh, a rather prismatic universe. It, it certainly doesn't look like ours. Uh, it looks like something that would be meant to invoke a more uh, psionic or spiritual kind of realm rather than a physical, tangible realm. And at some point, as as it is being retracted, he manages to turn uh, and look in the direction that he's going and lets go of the tendril. And, and so now he is free-floating in whatever type of space this is, but he sees that the origin um, of the tendrils, and there are there are probably there's 50 or 60 but there's you know thousands of tendrils connected to this thing it's a huge mass that looks like either an inverted egg or almost a diamond shaped and it's composed of these tendrils wrapped around each other and and winding like a almost like a, a spider's web of some sort or something like that you know these are the different strands and then in the middle where it gets really complex the geometry well it looks like it's gotten complex and formed into the shape of a of an inverted egg and as he's he's taking this in he sees from the egg things uh, approaching him and as they get closer they appear to be i don't know quasi spider-like but to me they uh they're about about half his size one of them is about half his size and uh it's a combination spider beetle kind of thing and they are emitting these energy tendrils like spiders do web and trying to to secure him right trying to not necessarily wrap him up but just kind of restrain him and so as he's taking this all in and 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 the insectoid creatures are making sounds he's realizing that the helmet which usually translates everything is not translating these they just are garbled junk to him he he doesn't understand the words so he's you know breaking these tendrils not aggressively but you know as one will form he'll break it off and as he notices he'll break that one off just so that they don't get a hold of him in essence and as he is doing this more are coming out because the ones that have been released um are are not successful so reinforcements are arriving and um he he suddenly realizes khalid does he says why am i so convinced it's important that i find out as far as where these threads are coming what they mean what they're doing and nabu answers because it is the thread of her life khalid and it burns away and um he follows the threads now uh to the source crosses this this barrier you know this wall that is made up of all these threads as they wind around each other and everything meaning that this egg that we saw in previous panels is hollow and we're just seeing the outside of the egg and as he crosses inside he sees this huge worm rather uh it, it it's it doesn't look like just a worm it's it's kind of um decorated up in front of what appears to be like a huge uh, cauldron of uh, of whatever, and seemingly all the tendrils now are feeding into or originating from the cauldron, whichever way this energy is going. But one end of all these threads that he has seen appears to be the cauldron or inside the cauldron, 
So as he walks up and makes his presence known, this worm creature speaks to him, Ah, the human pretender fate, Glothorus greets you. Have you have long wished to burn your thread? Do not leave small meat as he tries to extricate himself because he's like, Wow, this is you know, this is not what I was expecting. Let me let me take stock for a minute. It says your different incarnations have long avoided and confused me, but Thoth's helmet betrays your nature. I have long desired its metal melted in my forge. Come and Clothoris has grabbed a hold of one of the tendrils that is emanating from, I guess, the forge, and and used it, it the the slackness in it in such a way that it has flicked out and wrapped a midstream um, Khalid several times, and now Clothoris is, is pulling fate closer. Um, Khalid or fate, excuse me, fights till finally manages to get both hands free to where he can grab a hold of the strand and he uh, destroys the strand. In in breaking the strand, the whole strand dissipates. It, it all disappears, uh, causing some pain to himself. It, it's not a it's not an easy thing to do apparently, and it's uh, I, I take the pain to be more on a spiritual side, not necessarily on a physical side, but perhaps it is both. And as he's talking to Clothoris, he he fades out again and reappears in yet another dimension where he seemingly falls to the ground. And the ground is a uh, forested, reedy kind of ground. And he sees some things fly by, and so he levitates and flies after them. And when he gets close enough, he sees that they are some type of ship with arms extended, uh, flying vessels, with arms extended underneath them, holding blocks. Uh, We see what they're doing. They're sandstone blocks, and they are building a huge pyramid. Uh, perhaps meant to evoke the Great Pyramid of Egypt, because right next to, or not right next to, but very near the pyramid, is the Sphinx. Undamaged, totally exposed above ground, above sand. As uh, And this is the Sphinx that he encountered, I believe, back during the uh, Anubis, Anubis storylines, uh, when he was seeking knowledge, seeking some answers. Uh, and the, the Sphinx gave him, you know, this kind of riddle. So he asks again, what what is going on and the sphinx tells him Clothoris threads thread of destiny ensnares all mortal and reaches across time and realities to do so do not try to escape if you would defeat the mother you must embrace her and all her children which is kind of straightforward uh, but, but then kind of riddle-like you know so he Khalid doesn't feel that he's gotten an answer and he says uh, come on more riddles and the Sphinx lifts and, and stamps its foot right where Khalid was standing and says, you have your answers, mortar, mortal, in my way. Suddenly, as he is uh, speaking to the Sphinx, something snakes out, wraps around him, and jerks him away from the Sphinx towards whatever. Another tendril-looking thing, but I think it's going to turn out to not be the same tendrils that Clothoris is using because it does visually look a little bit different. This kind of tendril looks almost like, if you're a Marvel fan, like a, a, a grouping of the hair of Medusa that she uses. So it, it looks more tactile, uh, more 
based in reality than what those energy tendrils kind of look like. So I, I would imagine that it's going to turn out to be an, another entity that more than likely, I would say, by the way, the story's going, is going to offer answers or offer help. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't the uh, Nelson fate who is there and is pulling him away from the Sphinx, you know, something like that. I don't know. So we'll see. So there we go. That is issue 17. Um, it's it's wrapping up. If this is going, if 18 is going to be the last story, it's wrapping up pretty well, I think. Um, I'll put together more thoughts about the volume as a whole for next episode when I talk about issue 18. So we'll see what happens then. I'll, I'll dig a little bit and see if I can find out that that is indeed the last issue or not. So, guys, thanks a lot for hanging in there and listening to me. I'll catch you guys again with episode 82, Dr. Fate, issue 18 of the current volume. See you then. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.